live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Man, we are live at Buffalo Wild Wings. Jason and Demi just rolled in the building, so you know it's a party. 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard, premium outlet malls is where we're at. Demi just got her hands on the on the onesie. It's official like a referee's whistle. We're good to go now. Come on by and get hooked up just like they got hooked up. It's that simple. Right now on the phone lines, we're going to hook up your ears. My man, Trevor Lane, LakerNation.com, front office show. Uh, Trevor, thank you so much. How you doing? For your time this afternoon, my man, we definitely appreciate you. And sorry I missed you when you were in town, man. I mean, the Lakers were here playing. They played the Suns and the T-Wolves back-to-back nights. Before we get into the game and the team itself, what did you think of the environment that uh, the Las Vegas was for an NBA game? Oh well, well, thank you so much for uh, for having me on, and yeah, we'll we'll have to link up uh, next time I'm in town. But the uh, the environment was absolutely fantastic. It's you know, T-Mobile Arena. That was my first time going to, to T-Mobile Arena, and it is absolutely beautiful. It was it was great being there, and you can see why you know LeBron James is so excited about potentially potentially bringing a team to Las Vegas. I think the uh, the city sure seems ready for it. Yeah, it seems like it. And, you know, LeBron has said that, and he said that before about bringing a team. But, Trevor, how much do you think that there's a real possibility that LeBron, at some point, obviously when he's done playing, could be part of a group that brings a team to Las Vegas? I think, I think it's a very real possibility. You know, he made, made no question about it, very, was very straightforward, saying that he wants to do that. He wants that team. Uh, we don't know how many years he's got left playing. He has two years left on his on his Lakers deal, then a player option for another year after that. So we'll see exactly how many more years he ends up playing in the NBA. But, you know, the NBA, we know they're going to be looking at expansion. We've been hearing these rumors for the last year or two. Seattle and Las Vegas appear to be at the top of the list, probably bringing two teams. So it, it seems pretty likely that expansion will happen. And if it does, I could very easily see LeBron getting involved. I mean, let's face it, LeBron has been successful not just on the court but off in terms of his business ventures I think he would do a a great job owning an NBA team how much do you think having the G League Ignite playing their games in Henderson obviously they have players that are going to go one two in the draft or number one two three whatever they're going to have lottery picks each and every year how much do you think that that's going to help with Las Vegas eventually landing an NBA team yeah I think it, it definitely helps because you've got that consistent presence that's already there in the city, you've, you've already got some of the groundwork, some of the infrastructure already laid. I mean, like the NBA has already made, you know, not just the G League and Ignite, but Las Vegas the home for Summer League as well. So it seems like it's just a natural progression here to bring a full-fledged NBA team to the city. And I, again, I think, I think it is going to happen whenever they do decide to go ahead and, and expand the league, which, uh, again, everything we've heard is that it, that's probably what's going to happen here in the next few seasons is that they're going to look to... Uh, to, to give the green light to expansion. Talking right now with Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, to the Lakers, man, of course, if they're not playing for championships, it's a disappointment. Uh, they have a new coach. Coach Ham is there. Uh, what are your thoughts on him since he's taken over, brought in his staff? Obviously, you know the, the, the players. You know LeBron. You know AD, Russell Westbrook. What are your thoughts on just the roster and what Coach Ham has to work with going into this season? Yeah, I think there's definitely been an energy shift this season, and it's it's something you can really tell when you're in there in the arena with these players, with the team. You can just feel it. They, there's more joy around this team right now, even though they've yet to win a, a preseason game, but they've been getting a lot of minutes to the younger guys. But you can tell there's just a camaraderie that, that simply wasn't there last season, and I'm not sure how much to credit that to Darvin Ham and the coaching staff, how much of that goes to the players, some of the veterans coming in, like Patrick Beverly. I, I don't know exactly how to divide up the credit there, but certainly Darvin Ham 
has some kind of a role in fostering that environment. Again, it's easy to be optimistic right now when we haven't played a single regular season <laughs> game yet. So we'll see yeah. what it looks like, you know, in January and February. But so far, Darvin Ham seems to have the guys bought in and they are enjoying playing basketball for him. But then schematically, you look at the tactics that he's been playing on the floor. There are some things that he's doing that are pretty promising in terms of the spacing that he's, that he's generating, some of the activities that he's got on the offensive end, and then, of course, the buy-in on defense as well. So far, so good for Darvin Ham. We know the Lakers are very high on him. Jeannie Buss is very high on him and believes that he is going to be a major factor in hopefully a, a turnaround here this season. And, and so far, I think Darvin's doing a fantastic job. Trevor Lane is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. He covers the Lakers like a glove. My man DeMond's got one for you. I know it's only preseason and you can't put too much stock into it now, but how has that addition of Patrick Beverly looked? Mm. Yeah, he, Patrick Beverly, it's, it, what you're getting with him is almost as much as what he's giving you on the court, it's the infectious nature of his personality on the rest of the team, right? The, just the energy that he brings. As the case in point, last night's game, uh, look, I'll be honest. Last night's game was not that exciting, especially <laughs> in the second half. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was a little tedious, especially in the in the fourth quarter there. And it's there's a few minutes to play in the fourth quarter, and Patrick Beverly is jumping up off the bench like it's the middle of a playoff game. He's got that kind of energy the entire time, and that's something that can be really important in terms of setting that culture for a team. So I think that piece is really important. Patrick Beverly bringing that. And then on the court, of course, they're going to use him kind of as a wing, as a 3-and-D style player. He's a little bit undersized to defend wings. He's 6-1. But they do need that specific skill set. So I think he's somebody that can help them on the floor. And then in terms of just building the culture, the, the environment that Darvin Ham wants to create, I think he's going to be integral in that way as well. Staying in that backcourt with the Lakers, we know Russ and Patrick Beverly, those two guys, they're starters, or they're going to be getting most of the minutes. But when it comes to guys getting some reps off of the bench, Kendrick Nunn and Lonnie Walker, is there going to be a, maybe a battle for those guys to see who's going to be that first guard off the bench, or has Kendrick Nunn already secured that? Yeah, I think there's going to be a battle for even just the starting job. And Patrick Beverly, I think, is in there. But you've got Austin Reeves as well, who was really good uh, the first game uh, against the Phoenix Suns. He was fantastic in that one. Then you've got you know, Kendrick Nolan, Monty Walker. You've got these guys that are going to be competing for that starting two-guard spot. Uh, Darvin admitted to us, uh, I believe it was the last night of the night before, that Kendrick Nolan off the bench can be a real weapon for them in terms of providing somebody that can score points off the bench and how important that can be. So I do wonder if that's going to be the more natural fit for him. But Darvin Ham looks at this as though the starting lineup isn't always the most important thing. It's more who's closing and who's getting the minutes. So I know that's going to be a focal point for the team as well. It's going to be who's getting that closing role. As far as the starting lineup goes, it is going to be a competition. There's a few guys that are in there, and I think they're going to take these final three preseason games and try to figure it out. None was seemed to be the default starter at the two-guard spot uh, for game one, but I think Darvin Ham very much has, uh, has it up in the air as far as who's going to finally fit, uh, finish off the, uh, the end of preseason with that job. So a lot of guys out there, Kendrick Nunn certainly one of them, and he looked really good but he's also played well off the bench, so I do wonder if they're using him in that role moving forward. Another guard that I have a question about, Scottie Pippen Jr. Is he uh, making this team? Yeah, I mean, he's on a two-way contract right now, so that's going to allow him to switch between the G League, the South Bay Lakers, and the regular, the full Lakers roster. I think he's going to spend a lot of time with the South Bay Lakers. You look at the, the, comp, the way that this roster is put together, the combinations they have, it's a very guard-heavy roster the Lakers have. 
maybe at some point there's a Russell Westbrook trade in the future or something. That, that may, may change as the season goes on. But for the moment, if Dennis Schroeder coming into town this weekend, uh, finally got his visa situation all figured out. So you've got more than enough point guards. I would imagine Scotty Pippen Jr. Yes, he's going to make the team. I don't think they're going to cut him. But I think he's going to spend a lot of time with the South Bay Lakers developing, which can be a very good thing for, for him, for a young player who needs to get his legs under him in the league. He's shown some really positive things, particularly his ability to score the basketball. I think they're going to use the G League to enhance that experience for him. And then maybe it'll be next season or something like that. You see him make the jump up to be with the Lakers full time. I think he's got a little something. Like I, I was watching him in Summer League, and I know Summer League is just, you know, take it for what it's worth, but Scottie Pippen Jr., he's got a little something to him. So if he has some time to, um, you know, to, to develop, he could turn into something. And, and like you said, Trevor, if he's not needed right now, that could be a good thing for him in his long-term development. So I think Scottie's got something. I think he's, he's going to be okay. Now, I, I got to ask you about the big elephant in the room, of course. You mentioned there could be a potential Russell Westbrook trade in the future. I think the guy has talent. He was a former league MVP. I, I refuse to believe that the guy just forgot how to play ball or how he, that he just doesn't know how to fit with other superstars around him. What does Coach Ham have to do to get the most out of Russell Westbrook? Yeah, I, Coach Ham was just talking about this and said that it, essentially it, it comes down to with Russ, the biggest thing is keeping him engaged off the ball. When he doesn't have the ball in his hands, it's keeping him focused, keeping him locked in there, and that's where, where they really need him to spend some of his energy because the ball is going to be in LeBron's hands. The ball is yeah. going to be in Anthony Davis's hands. So it's a matter of getting him to be effective in, in that role, which can be a bit of a challenge. We saw glimpses, though, uh, against the Phoenix Suns where it looked a lot better, and even in their first preseason game of the year, where he looked more comfortable off-ball. Darvin Ham was doing some things to get him the ball off of a roll and things like that and then get him with the head of steam going to the basket. That was working out really well for him. Now, we did see him slip back a little bit in some situations as well, where he would take you know, a long jumper with 16 seconds left on the clock. and that's, that's not what you want out of him, but I think there is a path to get a more effective Russell Westbrook. The question becomes, what's the Lakers' ceiling? Even if you're getting Russ to make all the correct decisions on the floor, on paper, he still is not a floor spacer. He's not a, a high-level defender, and those are the things that you most want alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So, I agree that we can see a much better version of Russell Westbrook on the Lakers this year. I think Darvin Ham can indeed unlock him to a degree. I just don't know if it's enough to get them where they want to go. I think they're still going to explore trades with him. But I am optimistic that I think Darvin Ham can find a path to making things work and at least making it look a bit more cohesive this year, certainly than we saw last year. What about Anthony Davis? Uh, is it all about keeping him healthy? Is that, I mean, is that what it boils down to with AD? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's keeping him healthy. You know, he had a wrist injury last season that we hadn't heard much about during the season, but he said that affected his shot. And so his shooting percentages were, were horrific last year. I mean, 19% from three. And so his shot in the one preseason game we saw him, tiny sample size, it looked much better now that the wrist is healed. We'll see if that's sustainable or not. But it really comes down to that, that health factor. I mean, two nights ago when they were playing the Suns, Darvin Ham and his pregame presser said Anthony Davis is starting, and he was announced by the Lakers as the starter. Their official graphic, there he is. And then five minutes before game time, suddenly it's, oh, wait, Anthony Davis, is, his back is bugging him, and, and he's out. So the health is going to be key here. It's, like the Lakers, it's preseason. If anybody is, you know, tweaks an ankle even a little bit, or if anybody stubs their toe, they're going to they're gonna rest guys in preseason play. There's no reason to push it. Right. But it's still a little bit concerning that here we're three preseason games in, and Anthony Davis has only played in one of them. 
he's got to be on the floor. Availability is going to be the most important thing for him. And then from there, it's a matter of getting the shot back on track in order for him to fully bounce back. Your best ability is availability. Nobody wants to hear it, but it's true facts. That's Trevor Lane right there, LakerNation.com. DeMond, go ahead, my man. I know with Anthony Davis, the injury is always going to be concerned. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Let's say best-case scenario, he plays in 65 games. But when it comes to this Lakers offense, how much do they need him to be the number one option? Because with LeBron, hey, he's LeBron. We haven't seen him fall off yet. But, I mean, a decline has got to be coming, or maybe so much he just can't carry that load for the entire regular season. Yeah, I do think that they need Anthony Davis to take on more of that burden. I mean, look, when Anthony Davis first arrived in L.A., one of the first things LeBron did, well, he did two things. He tried to give Anthony Davis his jersey. He wanted to give him number 23. Nike wouldn't allow it. They'd already printed up too many LeBron jerseys with 23 on them. And he wanted the offense to run through Anthony Davis. The story was he went to Lakers management and said, I want the offense to run through him. Now, LeBron, he's on the floor. The ball tends to find him, and you know, it never really works out that way, even when LeBron wants the offense to go through somebody else. But we're hitting a point where you know, he's 38 years old in December. He needs somebody else to take on some of that burden or at least a larger portion of that. And Anthony Davis' availability hasn't allowed him to be that guy. You saw them bring in Dennis Schroeder to start at point guard two seasons ago, Russell Westbrook last season, with the idea being that they could take some of the burden off of LeBron to handle the ball and really initiate things. But I think they're going to have to lean on Anthony Davis more to do that. And that's, again, going to require him to be healthy. But LeBron certainly needs AD to become more of a consistent scoring threat, more of a dominant presence, particularly in the paint. Let him get the ball in the post and then kick off of him. Let guys run and make cuts off of Anthony Davis and execute the offense that way. Because LeBron, I don't think he's... I don't think it's fair to ask him to do those things, and I don't think he wants to do those things over an 82-game season because he knows what it's going to take for him to be at 100% come playoff time, and that's not having to drag the team all the way through the season just to get there. So I agree. AD is going to have to step up on the offensive end of the floor if this team's going to get where they want to go. I know that you say that LeBron doesn't want to have to do those things, so what is the realistic expectation, not just stat-wise, but his role for this team going forward in this season? Yeah, I think, I think for LeBron, the realistic role is he's still going to have the ball. He's still going to create at times. But he also needs to have moments where, I hate to say, use the phrase, take plays off, but where he can kind of just set the action, lob the ball into the post to Anthony Davis, hit him in the high post, whatever it is, and let somebody else be the one going inside and taking the contact at the rim and not having to really push down on the gas pedal. We see it in preseason. There's a big difference between... LeBron pushing down on the gas pedal and LeBron not. And you can see it on the floor when he's doing it. You can see when, when he wants to, he still has that burst and he still is so explosive and incredible at his age he's doing these things. And there's other times where you can tell he's just conserving energy and rightfully so at this point in his career. But LeBron's at that stage where he's going to need to pick and choose his spots a little bit more because if he's needing to push down on that gas pedal all season long just to get the Lakers into the playoffs, I don't know how much he's going to have left come playoff time, and I think he understands that. So we're going to see a bit more of a reserved LeBron, while at the same time we're going to have that storyline of him chasing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record and potentially passing it this year. So there's going to be that factor as well as we're following his season. That'll be fun. That's something that I'm really looking forward to, seeing LeBron pass Kareem and just, you know, I mean, the dude's put together such a story career. I mean, he's, he's fantastic, phenomenal talent, obviously, and uh, just one of those guys, uh, one of the all-time greats. All right, Trevor, as we close things out, I got to ask you, Mama Q is listening. She is a huge Laker fan. What are the expectations? What's the ceiling for this team this year? 
Yeah, we've heard it from from Rob Palenka. They that the the Lakers they're not talking championship right now. They're talking about being competitive. Um, I think you want to see first and foremost from Lakers fans want to see this team being competitive night in and night out, being engaged, not getting blown out, putting forth the effort, the energy that we didn't see very often last season. That's what you want to see out of them. They can stay in the playoff hunt in the Western Conference. You want them to give themselves a puncher's chance come playoff time. You need a healthy LeBron, healthy Anthony Davis in in the playoffs. They're not going to be the favorites or anything like that. For me, I look at them, I think the ceiling on this team is like a five seed, maybe a six seed, something like that. The West is going to be very difficult. And if you can do that and you get in the playoffs and you've got LeBron, you've got AD healthy, you at least feel pretty good about going in there and, and, uh, and seeing if you can surprise some people with those two guys going at 100%. But, again, got to get there in order, in order to do it and not going to be easy in the Western Conference. LakersNation.com is where you can find Trevor's work at Front Office Show on Twitter as well. Uh, what do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Any Laker fans should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I'm going to do a, a, a sort of review so far of where we're at uh, in, the, in the Lakers preseason. I'm going to record that podcast tonight. That one will be out uh, tomorrow. Also talk a little bit about the Draymond Green situation. Are the <laughs> Lakers maybe a threat to go and try to get, get him in a trade? There's a lot of Lakers fans talking about that. So I'm going to break down the salary cap and what something like that could potentially look like, as well as Darvin Ham and the job that he's been doing. So that's going to be coming out uh, tomorrow for uh, for Lakers fans on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, as well as the Lakers Nation podcast feed. Not that I want to spoil anything, but do you think that there's a chance that you might the Lakers might try to go and get Draymond? I think they might try. I mean, the clutch sports connection and everything, but every but whenever I start going through the cap math it's really tough to make something work that would satisfy the Warriors and the Lakers and still get it done, but it's not impossible. And I think this is the kind of opportunity that the Lakers, they held off on trading Russ to get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. They said they wanted to wait. This is the kind of situation I think they've been waiting for, a disgruntled star with another team. Again, don't think it's going to be easy. I wouldn't say it's likely that it happens, but I'd be surprised if they didn't at least explore the possibility. That's a great nugget to close things out right there. Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Trevor, great stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you. When you come back to Vegas or I come to L.A., we definitely got to link up. Hey, that, that sounds great, man. And thank you again for having me. No doubt about it. Great stuff. Trevor Lane right there dropping all the nuggets. NBA fans, it's coming to Las Vegas. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's going to be the Mecca West is what I'm calling it. They're going to have baseball. They're going to have NBA, NFL, NHL. It's already here. Mecca West is what we're going to call the sports capital, what is Las Vegas, Nevada. Very excited about that. 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard is where we're at right now. Buffalo Wild Wings. My man Jason's got his beer in hand. Demi's got her beer in hand. She's got her hat. She's got her, her little onesie got going on. And we got some prizes that we're trying to give out to you before we get out of here. Plus, Topo Chico's here. They're sampling drinks. They got the uh, they got the Hop Valley drinks that they're sampling. They got everything that you got and you need is all right here in the building at Buffalo Wild Wings. Come on out and hang out with us. We got Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com joining the show at 430 to tell you how you can win some money this upcoming weekend. I had a question earlier today. Can the Raiders cover the seven points? They're seven-point underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs. Lee Sterling will tell us coming up at 430. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 7430. South Las Vegas Boulevard is a spot. Buffalo Wild Wings, Premium Outlet Mall. Come on by, hang out with us. We just had our, our prize table uh, cleaned up. Let's put it like that, cleaned up. Because we uh, 
we make a mess around here, man. It was like I looked like I was in a uh, like a playpen, right? <laughs> we were going through all the prizes on the table, and we made an ultimate mess. But it's cleaned up now. So now you can see exactly what we have for you. So come on by, get hooked up, get taken care of. Again, we got Topa Chico here giving out samples. Hops Valley is giving out samples. They got the hookup for you. They're going to be here till at least 5 o'clock. We're trying to keep them around a little bit longer, but uh, come on by. We're going to get you taken care of in a major way. We've got some tickets here on the table. Still got some UNLV uh, Air Force tickets for uh, October 15th. You want to go see that football game at Allegiant Stadium. We got that for you as well. And uh, like I said, man, we like to give everything away. I don't want to take anything home. And even when I do plan on taking something back, I forget it. So, you know, we might as well go ahead and give everything we have out. We might as well give it to you. So come on by and say what's up. Coming up at 4.30, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll join the show to talk all things betting lines. Uh, we're going to talk a little college football. We'll talk some NFL action. What does he think of UNLV tonight as they're in action against San Jose State? What does he think about the Raiders and the Chiefs on Monday Night Football? And I think we'll dip into, I think, the Dallas Cowboy game. That one against the Rams is going to be a good one. We'll dip into that as well. Uh, maybe a couple more with Lee Sterling. We'll ask him about that Thursday Night Football game for sure. Denver and Indianapolis where the Colts somehow found a way to win that one. I still don't know how they won, but they did. So we'll get all that coming up around 4.30. Do want to get to some text that we got. 69187, keyword R&R. That is the text line. This one's from Cucamonga Raider. What up, Q? We got to get this W this Monday, Raider Nation. How sweet would that be considering this nugget I'm about to give? I'm sure most of you have heard, but per Tashawn Reed, we are tied for the fourth easiest schedule of remaining games. Usually we start strong and lose traction during the end of the season. Wouldn't it be something if it's the complete opposite this year? Anything could happen, Nation. Have a great weekend. And, yeah, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, one, does a fantastic job covering the Raiders. Uh, he's out at uh, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, each and every day. He does a fantastic job. And, yeah, he put that little nugget out there, the fourth easiest schedule. I will caution, there was a year, and I don't know if it was last year or the year before, when the Raiders were doing pretty well and everyone said, oh, man, they got an easy schedule the rest of the way, man. They're going to do this and the other. And then they faltered. You know, I know that what the numbers say about the fourth easiest schedule, but I do know that every game in the NFL is a hard win. Nothing is easy in the NFL. So it's a good number to have. It's a good nugget to keep in your back pocket, but also be cautious. Don't fall in love with that because that, that could be problematic at times. But great, great uh, point. If the Raiders, I think more importantly, let me put it like this. If the Raiders go into the bye week on a two-game winning streak and knock off back-to-back -back AFC West opponents in the Broncos and the Chiefs, I think that is a bigger deal than what the schedule they have remaining. That will give them, and Demon, I know you don't like it, but that'll give them some good momentum. It'll give them a lot of confidence. Conf the C word, that's the C word we can say on the radio, confidence. They need confidence that what they're being taught, what they're being coached is correct is the way to get it done. Raider Nation needs the confidence that the coaching staff are the coaches to get it done. But those players in the locker room, so they're not doing what the Denver Broncos. I mean, did anyone see the side eye Melvin Gordon gave Russell Wilson last night? Did anyone see Melvin Gordon looking at Russell Wilson like, what the hell are you doing? I thought you were the have a quarter-billion-dollar quarterback. What in the world's going on with you? I guarantee there's cats in that Denver Bronco locker room right now that are pointing the finger at each other, pointing the finger at the head coach and saying, what are we doing? That's what you can't have. That is, that is worse than just taking an L. That is how locker rooms start to get torn down. When the Raiders lost three in a row and Devontae Adams held a captain's-only meeting 
and then a captains and coaches meeting, and then a captains and players meeting. I mean, that's a big deal. But they, they were able to right the ship on Sunday and, and, and beat Denver and start to believe and have good practices. You know, a lot of people asked about T. Billy being waived. And I keep saying, I, and I don't know this for a fact, I'm just saying from where I'm looking at, you know, everyone's like, well, how come T. Billy's not playing? The one thing I know about this coaching staff for sure is they're not going to let you play if you're not practicing correctly. Maybe he wasn't out there practicing right. You know, again, this is just a, a maybe. Maybe he wasn't being satisfactory what the coaches were looking for. There's a reason why him and Derek Carr weren't on the same page. Again, I don't know exactly what that is, but I do know that he's not on the squad anymore. So there's that. Got another text want to get to real quick. Uh, let's see. Sir Whiskey Ray, Q&D. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Everyone listening on the radio airwaves. I'm going to keep it simple. Let's go Raiders. My gut is telling me that we win come Monday night, 34-24. On another note, Damon, it's on for tonight. San Jose State versus UNLV. Clash here in the Bay Area. This Rebel meet is about to go on the grill after marinating for the past five days. Oh, yeah, it's smelling delicious. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. He got you on that one, Damon. He got that Rebel meat, he said. I hope he seasoned it with his tears Ooh. because he's going to need it. Shots fired. I don't even know what Rebel meat is. What kind of uh, what kind of, what kind of meat is that? No clue. <laughs> but I hope he, you know, at that, he's going to be, he's going to be enjoying that Rebel meat as he's fighting through the tears of, I thought we had him this year. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray, thanks for that text, man. I do appreciate you. 429 is the time. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard. Come on by, hang out, get hooked up with some prizes. Coming up next, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He'll tell you about the betting lines. He'll tell you about UNLV. He'll tell you about the Raiders and Chiefs. It's all next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look at the lines that can help win you some money with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Brought to you by Joe's Stone Crab, located inside the Caesars Forum Shops, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Lee Sterling joins us now on the phone lines to talk all things betting lines and let you know how you can win some money this upcoming weekend. And, Lee, we definitely appreciate your efforts and appreciate your time, as always, this afternoon. Got to start off with Thursday Night Football, my man. Denver and the Colts, it was a pretty much of a yuck fest. But what did you see Thursday night as we got week five of the NFL season started? <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> One of the worst games. I- I've been watching football – I think since the 65, 66 season, the NFL, that was one of the three worst games I've ever seen. I mean, both quarterbacks, they're done. I mean, so usually what happens is Monday and Thursday nights, I walk in the house about a half hour before the game, start to my wife at dinner, will say to me, who did you pick? Told her, last night, Denver. She goes, why'd you pick Denver? I said, I, I just think that when I'm looking at this game, Indianapolis quarterback Matt Ryan is washed. He's done. He's you know, his reaction time, too slow. Uh, throwing interceptions, doesn't see the coverages like he used to, and fumbles a lot of times in the pocket, doesn't see that blindside pass rusher. Um, so it just happens. You know, they look the same in the uniform, but uh, their play is just not close to where it was at their at their height. It's not even – it's just a steep decline. She's like, okay, we're watching the game, middle of the third quarter. She looks over at me, she goes, Russell Wilson is washed also. So <laughs> that's um, tells you all you need to know, right? Football. <laughs> yep, she knows her football. So both teams, at least Indianapolis, couldn't be able to get out of that contract. Um, but uh, 
looks like uh, Denver's going to be in it for a long, long time, five years. Um, I don't have know how or what they're going to do, but uh, they just don't. In my opinion, I saw it two years ago. I said that he was having trouble, wasn't reading coverages. I thought maybe he just wasn't studying. Maybe he was bored. But uh, his play, he's 33. Never seen a quarterback as high and playing at a level that he was drop off so quickly. Yeah, no, you're right about that. It was it was really bad and painful to watch. But, hey, that's how the Week 5 season or the Week 5 of the regular season got started uh, with Denver losing. And for Raider fans, hey, it kept it kept the Raiders in really the, the mix, you know, in the AFC mm-hmm. and the AFC West in particular. Obviously, the Broncos aren't very good. But, again, we got Lee Sterling. He's our guest from ParamountSports.com right now, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Let's go ahead and get into a couple plays for this upcoming weekend. We'll start in the college ranks in a team that's doing really well, near and dear to our hearts. San Jose State minus six versus the UNLV Rebels. The Rebels are four and one. San Jose State is three and one. This game is in the Bay Area. Well, in San Jose, what are your thoughts on this one, Lee? San Jose State. Uh, you know, people. You know, a couple years ago when they went seven and zero, you know, they were talking about that offense that they had put together, had some weapons there, and they they found a uh, a kid in the transfer portal, Chevin Cordero, a kid from Hawaii that really fits that offensive system well. No interceptions and 135 attempts. It's the defense, though. I think that's elevated them to the next level. No one used to talk about their defense. Their defense was generally bottom 20, bottom 30 in college football. Well, they're sitting at number 23 now in total defense, along just 15.7 points per game. In fact, 23 of the last 36 teams they played, they've held under 18 points. Love what UNLV's done on offense, but... They've only faced one decent defense this year, and it was Cal, and only scored 14 points and only had a 309 total yards here. And the Spartans just seem to own UNLV eight and two against the spread the last ten games. Make it nine and two. Hate to say it, San Jose State 31-20 over UNLV. Boom. There you go right there, my man DeMond back in the Friendly Cadillac Performance Studio. Not too happy about that one, but reality is what reality is. This is going to be a tough game for the Rebels. Obviously, that game is tonight. You can hear that on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Again, we're talking with Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. All right, how about we get into the NFL, Lee? How about the Rams and the Cowboys? This one looks good on Sunday, looks good on paper. The Rams, who are 2-2, two and two, going up against the 3-1 and one Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, the head coach said, we're not underdogs to anybody. Well, I'm sorry, Mike, you are. Rams, minus four and a half versus the Cowboys. Thoughts on this one, Lee? Yeah, but if you, they keep it up, uh, they're not going to be underdogs too many times. That's Their true. defense playing at a high level. I love the way their secondary makes plays on the ball. And pass rush with Micah Parsons, I think second to, to no one. So uh, everyone thought, you know, when Dak went down, they'd be lucky to go 500. Uh, they keep this thing going. They're going to be a dangerous out in the NFC. So the Rams, they lost three out of five offensive linemen from last year. They cannot protect Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's thrown only four touchdowns with six interceptions. Obviously not the same arm strength after arthroscopic surgery in the offseason, which they tried to uh, you know, keep under the radar. The receiving core, I mean, their second and third receivers, I don't think, would be fifth and sixth receivers for almost any team. They are that bad. They got some real problems. And then Cam Akers doesn't look like he's slowed down one step. It looks like maybe two or three here. I like the Cowboys. Wrong team favorite. I think they win this game here outright. 
27-24. Boom, and Mike McCarthy just called me and said, QC, we are not the underdogs <laughs> to anybody. See what you said? Lee Sterling got it right. He knows what's going on. Rams-Cowboys right there. Again, Rams minus 4.5 versus those Dallas Cowboys. Lee Sterling is our guest from ParamountSports.com talking all things betting lines here on Raider Nation Radio 920. All right, Lee, let's close things out with, well, you know what game's going to close out week five. That's the Raiders and the Chiefs Monday Night Football Arrowhead Stadium. The Raiders coming off their first victory of the season against the Broncos, and the Chiefs beat down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs are minus seven versus the Raiders. How you see this one shaking out, Lee? Okay, so I was on the Raiders big last week. I thought it was a perfect setup here. I uh, had, you know, had been able to tell that, you know, Russell Wilson is not the same. Uh, and then the fumble recovery. That that 14-point swap possibly was a big difference maker there. But they just don't match up with Kansas City. Um, they're going to have to get better uh, offensive line blocking. Kansas City's pass rush actually underrated here. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, what has he done against this Raider defense? Well, thrown for almost 700 yards and seven touchdowns, no interceptions, and the two blowout wins last year against when these two teams faced off. Um, Arrowhead, I mean, it's been, you know, been a, a, a big home field advantage for the Chiefs. They are 8-1 and straight up, 7-2 and against the spread when these two teams match up the last nine times at Arrowhead. And, uh, you know, maybe the Raiders are going to have to try a trick play early in the game. Um, usually gadget plays only work, you know, if you're tied, maybe leading, but they got to do something. Uh, and they're going to have to find some other weapons. I mean, uh, Adams stepped up last week. Uh, Carr found him early and often, but everyone else is going to have to chip in. Biggest problem here is the secondary. I'm worried about the secondary against this team throwing the football. I like the Chiefs. I think they win this game here. 38 to 20. Yeah, no, the Raiders struggle in the red zone. That's been one of the biggest issues for them all season long, and uh, that secondary is going to get tested early and often, right? Travis Kelsey has been a Raider killer for a long time. Hell, he's an NFL killer, but he's really a Raider killer as well, so uh, should be a hell of a game. Uh, Monday Night Football, of course, is a rivalry, but it hasn't been whole, uh, much of a rivalry as of late. As you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes has really killed the Raiders. Um, I mean, just bet about anybody. Anytime he takes the field, really, I think he only has one career loss so far against the Silver yeah. and Black, so there you go right there. Uh, Chiefs minus seven versus the Raiders. Lee feels like they'll get that and get that pretty easily. Well, good stuff as always, Lee. We always love catching up with you. If anyone wants to reach out to you, get some more information from you, sign up for your services. What do they need to do? Great time of year. We got baseball going on all day today. Yeah. That's always fun. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you want to get baseball through the World Series, $97. Hockey starts tonight. Tire season, normally 1097 just $797. We have that on sale for the next 24 hours. And football, no one hotter. 32 and 13 the last four weeks. You want to hop on board. We don't call it October here. We call it Locktober. Everything through October 31st, just $297. If you use coupon code SAVE100, it's up and available right now. Love to have you aboard for the ride. No one can match my documented record. ParamountSports.com. Simple as that. Lee, always great, man. That's Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com. Again, you can find Lee on Twitter at ParamountSports. Lee, fantastic stuff, man. Always appreciate your efforts. Uh, football gets started tonight. As you mentioned, baseball's going on right now. Wild card weekend. It's a fun time to have a fun time, man. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk next week. You too. See you, Q. 
There he goes, Lee Sterling right there, ParamountSports.com on Twitter at Paramount Sports, giving you everything Lions-related, any way you can win some money this upcoming weekend. And uh, he thinks that the Raiders are on the wrong side of this game against the Chiefs. You know, they're seven-point underdogs, and he feels like that's about right. Doesn't think that uh, the Silver and Black are going to be able to overcome that. Does that mean that they won't? No. But it's just from a betting point of view, again, that question was asked to me earlier today, uh, do you think the Raiders can cover? And Lee Sterling right there, not a big fan of the Raiders covering the spread. 441 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings, 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard. Premium Outlet Mall will be here till at least 5 o'clock. Matter of fact, we'll be here later than that. You know how we roll. We got prizes to give out. We're hooking up T-shirts. We're hooking up whatever we got. We got it for you. Sweden Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. 4.44 is the time. Got a few minutes left in today's show. Got a few minutes left in today's week. <laughs> right? I mean, the weekend is here for us, Raider Nation. And, of course, it's going to be a little bittersweet. We're going to go through the whole weekend. We're going to see some college football. We're going to see some NFL action, and we won't see the Raiders until Monday. So we'll actually have another show. Remember, Unnecessary Roughness will be a, a, different, a different time frame on Monday. It'll be about 1 to 3.15. Then we'll pa- pass the sticks on to JT the Brick who, and Eric Allen, who will start with the official pregame show. And uh, they'll do that so uh, you get ready for Monday Night Football action as Week 5 gets wrapped up, Chiefs and Raiders. But we're here at Buffalo Wild Wings. We're going to be here for a while. They got all kind of good stuff going on. Uh, Tapa Chico is walking around giving out samples. You got Hop Valley giving out samples. Some really good stuff. Uh, you, you need to try it out. We got a bunch of uh, T-shirts still left, some hats courtesy of Coors Light. Uh, gave out a bunch of tickets. We only have a few tickets left. We have some Raider Nation Radio cups left that we're willing to give out and uh, some hats that we're going to give out. We just got a few things. Appreciate you, brother. So we got a, we got, got everything you need. All you got to do is come by and say what's up, and we'll get you taken care of. My man Jed is here, been holding it down all day long. So he's, uh, he's been the Buffalo Wild Wing. He's been the Buffalo Wild Wing King. He's been here all day, and uh, that's a good thing. Been having a good time. So come on by. It's a good time to have a good time on a Friday night. Damon. Uh, before we, and I know we'll talk about it on Monday, we'll talk uh, more about the game, but as far as going into, you know, week five, what do you think of, what do you think, how do the Raiders start to turn the page? Like, how do they take what they've done so far with the offense and, and even the defense and just kind of take the next step? For this game in particular against the Chiefs, it's got to be, and it's one of those things that you can't prepare for, but you have to eliminate mistakes. You can't beat yourselves. That should be the entire message for the team is that, hey, guys, we can't beat ourselves. Because I do think we talked about this last week where it's just, hey, this like a break here or a break there. Their team was still doing the right things in place. Hey, maybe there's a drop ball here or that fumble from Hunter Winfro. Those are the things that you can fix those things. Just don't turn the ball over or hold on to the ball. Fix those things and that this team is still on the right pace, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it does. It makes, it makes a whole lot of sense. And, and that's been one of the biggest keys that we've been talking about for quite a while, right? Don't beat yourself. Just go out there and make the other team beat you. The Raiders have enough talent to beat anyone, but they can't assist other teams in beating them. Uh, before we get out of here, want to go over some Raider roster moves. We started off the show talking about it. The Raiders signed linebacker Blake Martinez to the active roster. From the practice squad, signed wide receiver Albert Wilson to the practice squad. 
Place tackle Justin Heron on the reserve injured list. He has a torn ACL. He's out for the season. I think that that's a big deal. That sucks. And then uh, also waived wide receiver Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy. Now, to go along with that, I do want to go over the injury report because I have not talked about the injury report yet and wanted to kind of give you the update, uh, and we'll get the final injury report tomorrow. A lot of folks saw that Blake Martinez was uh, activated from the practice squad to the, the active roster and thought, okay, that doesn't sound good for Denzel Perryman. Well, in fact, it's not that it's not good for Denzel Perryman. It's really that it's not, in my opinion, good for Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown did not participate in practice on uh, on Friday. He uh, He's dealing with a hamstring injury. He was limited on Thursday, did not participate today. Uh, Justin Heron, the, the tackle, uh, out with the knee injury. I just mentioned that. He's got the torn ACL. He's on IR. He's out for the season. Uh, Denzel Perryman, concussion. He was limited on Thursday. Full participant on Friday. That's a good thing. That means that Denzel Perryman should be good to go on Monday. Hunter Renfro, same thing. Dealing with the concussion, full on Thursday, full on Friday. He should be good to go. Roderick Teamer had an illness on on a Thursday. He was full on a Friday, so didn't participate Thursday because of an illness. Full participant on Friday. Darren Waller, who's dealing with a shoulder injury. I know some out there said he was dealing with a concussion. That was false. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. was limited on Thursday. Full participant on Friday. He's good. Sam Webb dealing with a hamstring injury. Limited on Thursday. Limited on Friday. Rocky Asin, knee injury. Limited on Thursday. Full participant on Friday. That's really good. And then tackle or uh, tight end, excuse me, Foster Morrow, dealing with the knee injury. Didn't participate Thursday. Didn't participate Friday. I'm pretty sticky sure he will not be playing on uh, on on Monday against the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, you know you you combine Foster being out and Justin being on a, on uh, IR with the torn ACL. That's 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 bad business in my opinion because I felt like you know what you saw from Justin in the game against Denver is he was that sixth offensive lineman. He was that guy that was, you know, tackle eligible, and he came in and played a pretty big role. So him being out for the season, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. I think Again, I thought he, uh, you know, he played a pretty big role and helped the Raiders get that victory on Sunday against the Broncos. Got a text from the 661. Uh, says, DeMond is throwing the chairs and flipping tables after that UNLV prediction. Lee Sterling predicted San Jose State would beat UNLV. What did you think when, uh, when Lee said that, DeMond? He doesn't have what I have, and that's called faith. He's got his numbers, Q. I just got this thing called believing in the team. You don't believe in momentum, but you're talking about (laughs) you got faith. Yes. (laughs) I don't have a lot of it. That's funny. That is hilarious to me. My man said, I don't believe in momentum, but I got faith that uh, UNLV – and look, UNLV is playing some good ball. I don't want to take anything away from what they're doing. They are doing uh, a fine job, but it's (laughs) – my man said he ain't got what I got. You keep your numbers. You keep your spreads, your ATS. I don't care about it when it comes to the Rebels. I've okay. been following this team blindly for years now, and it's right? not going to stop now. I heard that. I heard that. I'm not, I'm not mad at that at all. That's, that's the way you should be. That's exactly what you should think, no doubt. I appreciate that. Uh, Raider Richie from Arizona hit us up on our text line, 69187, keyword all in r and r all we need is for Jacobs to channel his inner Napoleon Kaufman and Adams his inner Crabtree, and we should be just fine. Wearing my reversible Kaufman jersey on game day. Go Raiders. That's from Raider Richie in Arizona. Man, that's a name I haven't heard in a while, Napoleon Kaufman. And then a reversible jersey on top of that. That's awesome. 
Knapp was the dude, man, number 26. He was the dude. I, I really enjoyed him as a running back for the Silver and Black. And still remember that game at the Oakland Coliseum when the Raiders and the Broncos squared up. And the Broncos, I think, were 4-0 on the season. They, had been, they were undefeated, and the Raiders hadn't won a game yet. And Napoleon Kaufman ran for 200-plus yards and just blew them out. And I remember being there, and I had a friend that came with me, and I say friend in air quotes. I had a friend that came with me that wasn't a big football fan, and I remember telling her, look, all you got to do is watch this game, and you'll become a Raider fan. Not only because of the game, but just because the atmosphere at the Coliseum, that's what's going to happen. And, well, became a Raider fan. And that's, that's what we do. That's what Raider fans do, right? Raider fans influence other folks to become Raider fans as well, and that's a good thing. So, uh, yeah, man, Napoleon Kaufman, I like that. That's a good one. Got a text from the 925. Man, Q, Draymond, bro, been on 95.7 all day. I'm sure talking about 95.7, the game in the Bay. And, yeah, uh, I, it's so funny. I was on radio last night on ESPN, and we were talking about Draymond Green and that punch that he, he uh, threw to, to Jordan Poole. And I kept talking about, man, it's a, it's a practice fight. It's not a game fight. It's a practice fight. You know, these things happen all the time. And then we saw the video that someone sold to TMZ. And, man, that was a rough deal. That was a rough deal. That was more than a practice fight. That was a I'm trying to, I'm trying to end you fight, right? <laughs> I mean, that was a I'm trying to end you punch. He's like, I'm trying to put you out your misery. He, like, supermaned him. I mean, have you ever seen, what's that, what's that video game? The wife is really good at that video game. What was it, Mortal, Mortal Kombat or something, where the, where the person flew and punched at the same time? She's really good at that one, or at least she used to be really good at that one. There's certain games that she's really good at, foosball and that, uh, that, that video game. That's what it looked like in that Draymond Green. It looked like he like, literally jumped and Superman Jordan Poole in that point. Like, he tried to put him through the wall, right? He tried to go all the way. Uh, Is there any other way to punch someone? Are there supposed to be friendly punches? No. Like, this is a practice no, no, punch? No, DeMond, there's, a, there's certain things as a, as a fight, like as a I'm trying to fight with you and we're trying to fight and I'm going to punch you. And then there's a I'm going to leap from the sky and try to bury you. He tried to bury him, dude. That wasn't no normal. And I know you're in the wrestling world, but in the wrestling world, your fight's not real. That <laughs> but we both, he laid it in. He got it. He, he laid it in. It. He got it. He was working stiff. He connected with him, man. And he, I mean, Jordan Poole, he fell in sections, right? I mean, he fell in sections. <laughs> that dude, and he's not Sorry. the biggest guy, and he fell, he literally fell in, in sections. That was a that was a big time connect from Draymond Green. I don't know. I know Bob Myers, the GM of the the Warriors, has said that they're gonna, you know, punish them. It's gonna be internal. I don't know what they're gonna do, honestly. I really don't. But that was a. I mean, that was a bad one. Like he really, literally tried to end them. So I don't. I don't doubt that in the Bay right now, that's all they're talking about. Because as Trevor Lane said, who knows? Maybe the Lakers say, you know what? We're gonna try to make a move for that guy and get him on the squad. He's vital to the the Warriors' success. Now he's not. 160 million dollar vital but he's vital to the Warriors success but I can see them moving on from especially after not playing well as far as shooting last season in the playoffs and in the finals but you know he still provides a defensive presence he still brings the ball up a lot which is opening up things for other guys on the squad uh, I mean it could be a major shakeup if he doesn't if he's not back with the team I don't know if they're going to go that far but I, I don't doubt their teams are calling the Warriors right now and saying hey um, what is it going to take to get that dude out of there so that's going to be interesting. Jordan Poole, to me, I like Jordan Poole, but he's, he seems kind of like a gnat, right? He seems like one of those guys that would get on your nerves 
you know, especially he's about to get paid and he's up there bragging about what he's going to go buy and what he's going to go do. That would kind of get on my nerves too. Now, I'm not trying to Superman him. I'm not trying to kill him. But, uh, you know, it, it, it does look a little – I can understand why Draymond was a little aggravated by him. But that's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll we'll uh, talk again on Monday leading into the Raiders and the Chiefs for Monday Night Football. Raider Nation, have a great weekend. Enjoy all the sports action. Come on by Buffalo Wild Wings. We're still here. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.